Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church from the book of Hebrews, from the message translation by Eugene Peterson. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word, what we see created by what we don't see. By an act of faith, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. It was what he believed, not what he brought, that made the difference. That's what God noticed and approved as righteous. After all these centuries, that belief continues to catch our notice. By an act of faith, Enoch skipped death completely. They looked all over and couldn't find him because God had taken him. We know on the basis of reliable testimony that before he was taken, he pleased God. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. The result? His family was saved. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. By an act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's call to travel to an unknown place that would become his home. When he left, he had no idea where he was going. By an act of faith, he lived in the country promised him, lived as a stranger camping in tents. Isaac and Jacob did the same, living under the same promise. Abraham did it by keeping his eye on an unseen city with real eternal foundations, the city designed and built by God. By faith, barren Sarah was able to become pregnant, old woman as she was at the time because she believed the one who made a promise. She believed that the one who made a promise would do what he said. That's how it happened from one man's dead and shriveled loins that there are now people numbering into the millions. Each one of these people of faith died not, having, not yet having in hand what was promised, but still believing. How did they do it? They saw it way off in the distance, waved their greeting, and accepted the fact that they were transients in this world. People who live this way make it plain that they are looking for their true home. If they were homesick for the old country, they could have gone back anytime they wanted. But they were after a far better country than that, heaven country. You can see why God is so proud of them and has a city waiting for them. Not one of these people, even though their lives of faith were exemplary, got their hands on what was promised. God had a better plan for us, that their faith and our faith would come together to make one completed whole, their lives of faith not complete apart from ours. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Katie. You may be seated. Let's pray together. Divine love, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We crawl, we stumble, we walk towards you. Sometimes the hope, the light that we see at the end of this path 
it fills our heart, fills our body with energy, and we just, we, we run and we move fast towards you. Other times, Lord, there's just so much darkness, too many winding roads to know which way we are going, that we don't even see where you are in the midst of it. In those times, remind us that we don't walk alone. You've placed us in community. You have placed your spirit to bear witness to our journey. And so, God, move us towards you, towards the banquet table which you have laid out for all people that every tribe and language may come. And as human beings, we may set ourselves before our creator, reconciled to one another, reconciled to you. May we feast and celebrate in your light. It's in your name we pray this morning. Amen. It's important to remember that as we approach God and as we approach God together, we don't journey alone. You are always traveling with others in this thing that we call faith. Even with those who have gone before us, as it's often said, we, our faith stands on the shoulders of giants to be able to see the landscape that is prepared ahead of us. We didn't create ourselves. We didn't create our own narrative, our own story. We didn't create our own faith. It's something in which it's inherited, and then it's called to be embodied just by us, with our own story, our own body, our own mind, and our own heart. I think sometimes this is maybe one of the harder things to understand in faith as an American because the narrative of, of the West and for us is, is this idea of like we came to this land to discover, that we came to this place to kind of build ourselves up on our own. And, and, and yes, there, there is a lot of people who, who put their life out there to build a life on their own, but, but that's not the true story. The true narrative is we came to a place in which was inhabited to a native and indigenous people and taken. It, it was set before us. It wasn't something we discovered. And no, we're not just what we make. We don't, we're not just born into this world. We're born with story. We're born with support. We're born with struggles and wounds. There are things that is inherited into our lives. And we need to recognize that. At times we need to repent from it, at times we need to celebrate it, but we are not just this little thing that came out of nowhere. Our world, our story, our lives, our soul has story that goes before it. And so, yeah, in some ways our faith is not our own. Look around, you sit in a room of people because you actually believe that faith is a communal journey shared with others. So as we think about maybe some of those giants of faith, some of them were writers, theologians, and up front and telling people about how amazing God's others were quiet. Others maybe went unnoticed, but they changed the direct direction of our life and our faith through a simple conversation 
through and way in which they were being in this world. Well, as we shared today, I wanted to look at one of those giants in my own life and some others as well. And so um, I, I want to take a moment. We're going to watch a, a short little video of some of the words and life of Eugene Peterson. And you'll hear the word pastor and saint. And when you hear those words, I want you to think of yourself. And so um, let me so, so we can see it. We're going to get theatric in here and close some lights. And let's watch this together. God of earth and altar, dum 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 dum. I'm not good at memorizing hymns. I just like to hear them and sing them, actually. supper and uh, we had a visiting kingfisher he every morning and every evening he'd land on that tree and sit there and wait for a fish so I started looking at that kingfisher and then I started counting and I counted 37 dives before he got the first fish and I thought wow he's the king fisher all these pastor things that people go to for leadership training. Uh, what do you have to do to get a congregation? Forget it. Uh, just be yourself. And not anybody else. I mean, just you. So uh, that kingfisher became kind of a icon for me as what pastors do. It doesn't work. Well, how many times have you tried? <laughs> 37? <laughs> That's in my head. What would be the characteristics of a saint? Humility, number one. Unpretentiousness, having no idea that they're a saint. <laughs> Define authenticity. Being content to be yourself, not being somebody else. There's been nobody like you from the foundation of the world like Greg. <laughs> Face it. <laughs> You're stuck with yourself. Now learn about yourself. That's what we're doing. And uh, the church, when it, the church at its best lets us be ourselves encourages us to be ourselves. Kiss the leper's wound, taste honey. Touch the blind eye, learn braille. Keep vigil at the cradle, change diapers. Drink tears from the chalice, live Eucharist. Where is your new adventure taking you next? 
I'm getting old. I've never felt old before. Does death concern you? Not really. No, not really. Jan and I talk about it sometimes. We sit out here and talk about it sometimes. I don't think so. Yeah. What are you looking forward to in the future? Kevin. We're going to hold hands and walk into heaven together. That's what we'd like. I don't think I have any regrets. I, would, I wouldn't know what else to do. I'm just grateful. Like, grateful is the, is the word I think I would use. That I've, uh, I've been able to live my life feeling like Eugene, not somebody else. What would you like your legacy or your echo on humanity to be? This might sound unrealistic, but it's, it's my hope. I hope I could be part of changing the pastoral imagination of American pastors. Happened on found things, found in gutters, found on a cross, found under a stone, heard in the rustling grass, heard in a tongue stammering sabachthani, found when I wasn't looking, heard when I wasn't listening, found beauty. I treasure the way other people love her, accept her, celebrate her. Treasure his spirituality, the depth of him. Um, I don't treasure that the boy doesn't talk much. <laughs> I wish he talked a little more. What's been the best bits of living for you? Uh, my marriage and my children. All the rest could go to pot, and I think I'd still make it. <laughs> yeah, my marriage and my children. Thank you for sharing your life with us. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for listening, <laughs> affirming it. We are all on a journey of faith, and it's important that though we walk as authentic individuals created just who we are to be, we never walk alone, but we walk with others and are called to remember those who have gone before us in our heritage, in our life, in our story, who have paved the way for us to walk. We remember their brokenness. We remember their delight. And it shapes a way in which we walk. Do we walk as a people with an intent of those who will come after us?
simply, do we put the way in which we live with the idea of not just on ourselves and what we can experience, but that we are part of a journey and others are going to come after us, looking at the way we use this one life we have. We don't use that in a guilt or as, but, but as a, a sacred responsibility to this thing we call breath and life and heartbeat and relationships. Do we care for the creation around us, knowing that it's not just about our use of it, but there will be others? Do we care about the types of community and places that we are creating, not just for ourselves, but that others may come and enjoy and be known? Are we, in the midst of the journey, bearing witness to others and allowing others to bear witness to our life? Why remember? Sometimes it just hurts to do it, right? So why do it? Well, our passage today gives us a couple insights. One, one of the reasons to remember those with us and those who have gone before us and those who are going to come after us is we remember for the sake to bear witness, to give witness to something. It's one of the most sacred things we can do in human relationship, in community, in our work as we walk through this world is to give witness to the life of others and allow others to witness our life. Our passage this morning tells the story of this great cloud of witnesses, as it's told. People who are looking throughout the generations of the scriptural story and beyond and looking at our lives as we are like in the arena right now, dealing with the things that demand courage from us. And as they, this great crowd of witnesses bears our life, they remind us to keep going, to stay faithful, to walk with the faith in God who is also with us. Their lives bear witness to our journey. And our stories and our working out of our faith bears witness to theirs. The bearing of witness is to befriend, to learn, to teach, to walk around alongside with others, to know and be known, to recognize the sacred life of all people, To bear witness is the exact work of the Holy Spirit, also called our guide, a witness to our lives. To look and say in our every present moment, you are here, you are created, you have meaning, you have purpose, and I see you. That is the Spirit bearing witness to our very humdrum life that we wonder is, does it matter? The spirit, the great cloud says, yes, it matters. It matters to me and it will matter to others. I bear witness to your journey. We remember to bear witness, but also because in remembering in our faith, we we find a sense of narrative or a foundation. Something that's just outside of ourselves and our own created self. I love the way the passage is interpreted as it's talking about faith in many ways. Let me read you a couple of lines. Faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. So faith brings meaning to life. Faith 
We see the world called into existence by God's word. What we see created by this world around us, by what we don't see. So we see this world created. We see beauty, and it gives name to it. But we also see the amazing mystery of we don't exactly know how it's created and put here. That's the work of faith. By faith, anyone who wants to approach God, this passage said, must believe that God exists and that God cares enough to respond to those who seek God. That faith is an act of trust. If, you, if faith for you is just this big idea of something you can't get your hands on, I ask you to think of trust. What does it mean to trust another person? What does it mean to trust something? To believe that it's there and that it actually responds and cares is bearing witness to you. By faith, Noah became intimate with God. In faith is the doorway to intimacy. By faith, God showed up in the empty and barren places of all of our lives. Sarah believed the one who had made a promise. It's clear that it wasn't because of Sarah's faith, but it was in her faith and her doubt. Remember that she laughed at the promise that God said because she didn't believe it. So she laughed. Yet in the years of waiting and wondering what God was doing, no matter what the end was, she held onto a faith because it was her hope. Faith gives hope. The life of faith, or of the saints as we may say, is far from a life of perfection. Go down the list in Hebrews 11. It is a messed up story through and through. The story of scripture is not about doing life perfectly. It's about the mess of the journey. It's about the brokenness of the journey. It's about holding on to faith when it seems like everything else had gone away. It's about, it's about believing that there's something bigger than what we're seeing right in front of us. For some of them, these great witnesses, these great cloud of witnesses, it didn't end well. It didn't end the way we're like, it's supposed to be this way. Faith is not a thing of perfection for our life. Somehow we've got the wires crossed and associated faith. If you just have enough faith, then everything works out in life. Or if you have faith, then you will receive. This is the lie that's been given to the church for a long time. If you have faith, then you'll just receive privilege. It's not what Scripture is saying. It doesn't say if you have faith, then you'll just consume all of the things that you wanted in your life. The house, the marriage, the car, whatever you want, if you just have enough faith. That's not what the great cloud of witnesses are saying. They're saying in the brokenness, in the beauty, in all of the complexity of life, how do we surrender our life to God, to a creator, to a sustainer, to one that we believe is witnessing to our very lives and to our story? I love how Anne Lamont often says, and has been quoted, the opposite of faith is not doubt, but certainty. Certainty being that of control, like if I can just control all of the answers and control, that's, that's not a place where faith exists. There's no room for faith there. She goes on, certainty is missing the point entirely. 
Faith includes noticing the mess, the emptiness, the discomfort, and letting it be there until some light returns. Let me say that one more time. Faith includes noticing the mess, the emptiness, the discomfort, and letting it be there until some light returns. And so, my friends, in your journey, are you seeking meaning, beauty? Are you seeking something that you can trust? Maybe a deeper intimacy. Maybe a greater hope. Our passage this morning and the lives of the saints that have walked before us say turn to faith. Set your path to your, and that will set a path to your true home, to union with God. The life of the saint, the life of the dear soul that goes and blazes the trail before us, is often one that goes unnoticed by this world. And we are called to bear witness to it. During our prayer of remembrance today, it was uh, pretty easy for me to remember my grandmother, Helene. My grandfather was a Baptist preacher. He was the star, the saint of it all, it seemed. Until you looked behind the curtain a little bit and you saw Grandma. I remember towards the end of her life, staying at her house and walking up the stairs one day and bearing witness to her being the only person in the kitchen making a meal for everyone like she often did, making that meal, but also for my dog that I had brought along. And Grandma was having a long, detailed conversation with my dog and said, Cheyenne, would you love to have some eggs with your breakfast? It will make your coat so shiny. And I stopped on the stairs, and I just, I spied. I bared witness without her knowing it to the way in which she loved those, often behind the scenes. Who are the saints? Who are the voices? Who are the people in our lives that are showing us meaning and beauty and trust and intimacy and hope and with their very life is not pointing to themselves but is pointing to the union, to the home, to the feast that we will have with our Creator. Our faith is not our own. I want to end with this, how the passage ends, because I think it's so powerful. Not one of these people, even though their lives of faith were exemplary, got their hands on what was promised. God had a better plan for us, that their faith and our faith would come together to make one completed whole. You hear that? That there is not wholeness unless there is belonging togetherness. Their lives of faith cannot com complete apart from ours. And so we continue to journey with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit down the crooked road that we call life. But friends, remember today that we never journey alone. And as we come to this feast and to this meal, it is Christ who reminds us, just like the people are in the desert lost and hungry and thirsty, 
saying, I will be your bread. I will set out a table, a banquet table, in the middle of the desert of life and feed you. Because in this journey, I am with you. Even through the world's greatest wounds, I know those wounds. I am with you. Let's pray together.